and welcome to the 13th episode of Criminality, the podcast where we know love and reality just isn't a crime, Rebecca. Rebecca, how are you? Not a crime. I'm great. Lucky 13. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what they say? (laughs) Definitely. I think Taylor Swift really likes 13. So if it's good enough for her, I think it's good enough for us. Just wait till we hit 22. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. I'm like, wait, is what's Adele? Is hers 21 or am I oh, getting wait. it all confused? Adele is 21, but doesn't Taylor Swift have a 22? I think you're right. Thing as yeah, well? yeah, a song or something. Um, we'll get there when we get there. Nobody has a 37. I've noticed. <laughs> 42 is all crickets over here. I'll tell you that much. You have nothing to look forward to. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. Did you have a good week? I did. Um, We actually just dropped off our youngest at sleepaway camp for two weeks. It's in the wilderness. He's in a teepee, no phone. And because he's our youngest and our others are older, we actually got to like stop in the mountains on the way home and and take a little kind of mini vacation two nights, just me and my husband. So this is something we've been talking about since they were little, like someday we'll be able to do this. And now we're here and it's wild. So that was fun. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you? I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I know. Um, nothing exciting. I feel like I've been I have feel like I haven't even watched that much TV. Like I told my husband, I'm like, I know I feel really busy whenever I'm thinking, like, when's the last time I just vegged out and watched Real Housewives of Potomac? Which speaking of which, Potomac is having an outstanding season, as they always do. Strong it's a place to be. Start. Yeah, I'm one behind. Like I missed this week's, but um I'm excited to catch up on it. And yeah, you're right. It's it's really, really good. They came out they came out swinging. Absolutely. And I know, I don't think you've watched this show, but Love After Lockup also having a great season. That's one that I will watch immediately as soon as it's available to me because it's so trashy and terrible. Yeah. You just can't even believe these people exist, but you're so thankful they do because it's a lot of bad decisions, a lot of interesting decisions. Some of it's sad, of course, but there is like a humorous aspect to it. To a degree, you know, I, some of the stories are sad and I don't like those, but there are some people that go pick up somebody from prison and they're dressed like a pickle. It just happens. I don't know why. Uh, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but like stranger things have happened. Like nothing, almost nothing surprises me anymore. So, <laughs> okay, if you yeah, say no, so. That one's, that one's, that one's pretty good. Yeah. So Rebecca, last or two weeks ago, wait, last week. You spoke to Elizabeth Vargas. That interview was awesome. So cool. Thank you. Yeah. What a fun surprise that was for you, for me, for our listeners, because the messaging kind of developed into a talk to my assistant about an interview. And I was like, totally. Yeah, let's do that. And so um, Uh it all was just (laughs) happening. And then and then there we were. And it was just she was so cool. And, you know, you guys, if you haven't listened yet, we put out a bonus episode on Friday on our off week. So that was fun just to put out content on a week we normally don't. And Elizabeth was so cool. She's so down to earth, super honest. And, you know, it's not her favorite thing to talk about the cult story and that part of her life. So I appreciated that she did that at all. And um, it was fun. It was a little surreal, though, to be honest, talking to a housewife via Zoom. I've imagined it many times, but um, it was (laughs) like, wow, this is really happening. So it was cool. Oh, very cool. So two weeks ago when we last spoke, I gave three terrible clues. And now if you're watching this, you can see the answer to these clues, unless I'm really tricking you, in which case I'm not that good. So my three clues were Brazil, which looks like where I you're am. representing. I've never Brazil been, but gosh, does it look gorgeous? Gorgeous. So Brazil, um, Big Brother, and right. Butterfly. Yeah, which... Through new clues you've since doled out, I'm realizing is as in the stroke. Yes, as in the stroke and, and not, not the, the insect insects. or the blue emoji, yes. the blue butterfly yeah. <laughs> emojis. So you've got this kind of scary jockey, hot, scary jock guy behind you. So I'm guessing we're talking about him. And should I know him as an athlete? <gasps> Okay, here we go. (laughs) Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited about this. So, Rebecca, when you think of Olympic greats, who do you think of? Phelps. Okay, you got um, Michael Phelps. You've got Mary Lou Retton. You've got Simone Biles, right? Yeah, she just withdrew. She did. I'm. That was really incredible, and there's a lot going on with that that I think is really cool. Michelle Kwan. 
Sorry. Michelle Kwan. Thank you. No, that's a very important one. Let's throw Nancy Kerrigan in there because uh, let's go way back. That's a story we may have to tell one day as well. Absolutely. But Rebecca, do you know who is tied with the second most medals right behind Michael Phelps? Michael Phelps is the most winning uh, Olympic gold medalist of all time. Do you know who's tied for second place? I do not. Okay, well, it's Ryan Lochte, and if you said that you knew it was Ryan Lochte, I would call you a liar because no one knows that he's in second place. Oh, I feel so much behind, better. Behind, yeah, no, that's just not – I've never – I never knew that. It's it's fascinating to me. And what a Dude bummer. Wins. I'm sorry to interrupt, but, like, to be the second highest-ranking medal recipient is in the Global Olympics is such a huge feat, right? So right. to just be like, well, if you're not the gold guy, then you don't – no one knows your name. It's just like, man, that's that's a tough, that's a scam. That sounds like a racket. <laughs> well, listen, after today, you will know his name oh, because boy. we are going to be talking all about him. We're telling the story of a man with Olympic dreams, with a bro dude personality, who really lost everything after what should have been one of the greatest nights of his life. Oh my gosh. Yeah, here we go. So before Ryan Lochte, and I'm going to have a hard time saying his name, Ryan Locke. T-L-O-C-H-T-E, was an Olympic athlete. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm pretty confident with that. I've heard it 3,000 times this week. Um, he he was really a goofy kid that grew up in New York State, not not city. So I was I all over New York State. Do we know a town? I might have driven through it this weekend. There is a chance it will come up later, but I can't remember what it is. He really didn't live there too long. Gotcha. He was born in 1984 in New York, and his parents, Ileana and Stephen, had five children. Uh, Ryan's right in, in the middle. He has two older sisters named Kristen and Megan, and he has two younger brothers, Devin and Brandon. And so when Ryan's in middle school, his family actually moves to Florida because his dad was a swim coach, and I guess there was a really big opportunity there. And he does seem like a Florida man. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. I'm very – New York has disowned him, Florida – it's we'll going to all them. make sense. Yeah. yeah. From, my, from my foot of the woods to my neck of the woods to yours. Yeah. Typically like you this. come this way and you don't go the other way. So we get it. We get it. <laughs> so after high school, Ryan moves to Gainesville and he goes to college at the University of Florida, which is a big deal down here. Uh, Gators. I'm from Florida State or I'm from Tallahassee in Florida State. So rivalry. not a big fan of the Gators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's our big rivalry. So he graduated in 2007, and he majored in sports management. During his time at the University of Florida, he had a coach named Greg Troy, who he actually said was the scariest person he's ever met in his life. Like, that guy, whatever he tells you to do, you just do. And that's really why he was able to become uh, the NCAA Swimmer of the Year seven different times. This guy knows how to train an athlete. So as goofy as Ryan was, though, out of the pool, he was really serious when he was in it. In 2004, while he was still in college, he made the Olympic team trials where he placed second to golden boy Michael Phelps. In fact, Ryan would go on to compete in the Olympics four times and win 12 more medals, including six gold, three silver, and three bronze. Wow. Yeah, the guy can swim. He is... Very goofy, and you'll get to hear more about that soon. But he can swim. So during this time, really, he said he's golden. As long as he's swimming well, nobody really cares what he does. You know, he's making money. He'll get sponsors, stuff like that. So you just have to be in the pool and do what you're supposed to do. So Ryan would really regularly place behind Michael Phelps almost always. Uh, Michael won a total of – do you want to guess how many times Michael Phelps has won Olympic – Medals, all of them, gold, silver, bronze. I'm terrible at this. 16? That's 720. Like... No, I'm just kidding. I was like, <laughs> wait, times. mine sounded really high. And then... <laughs> what is it? I just knew your eyes. It was 28. It <laughs> oh, still is so many. I was say in the 20s. Okay. Yeah, I know, but it seems like insane. It that seems, seems like an insane inhuman. number. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you wanted a serious soundbite, Michael is who you wanted. But if you wanted an off-the-wall, what exactly did he just say? 
Ryan Ja Lochte was your guy. Do you remember his Ja thing? No, but somebody commented that on our Facebook page when they realized that was it. They what realized you were talking about, and I thought, well, she knows what it is. Yeah, she does. So we'll get into that a little bit more. But in 2011, in between the Olympics, uh, different Olympic years. Ryan's parents divorced. Um, According to Ryan, this was a really, really difficult time for their family. And he kind of grows apart from his dad, who had been uh, one of his trainers, really. He had been a swim coach, which is how he even got into swimming. Um, And he he developed a better bond with his mom. Mm -hmm. And so Ryan is known to be a bit of a wild card, right? In 2012, after he gets the gold in the men's 400-meter individual medley swimming event, you've heard of that, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. He uh, poses with his gold medal with a U.S. flag decorated grills on his teeth. So he has his medal. He's on stage and it's the United States flag on grills on his teeth. That's like, I don't know, very Lala Kent to me or something. (laughs) (laughs) Lala Kent. That's pretty good. Yeah, I could see Lala Kent or even uh, the white Kanye, James Kennedy, doing something like that, right? Absolutely. And this was the same year, 2012, where he tries to get his catchphrase, je, trademarked. And I say he tried because there's actually no record that it he actually went through with the trademark. I read one article that said he basically abandoned it. He began selling lots of stuff on his website with the word je on there, spelled J-E-A-H, which he said basically just meant good. And he also said he took this word je, from Young Jeezy, who said Che, C-H-E-A, and he changed the spelling. That's all he did. And then that was his thing, Che. I thought maybe because you know how um, Spain Spanish is different from Mexico Aww. and South American Spanish, mm-hmm. and there's sometimes J's instead of Y's. I think sure. that's the letter switch. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, thought, mm-hmm. I thought maybe in Brazil they said Che, like instead of yeah. No, 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 and then no, that would have no. tied it in. But no. Oh, Rebecca. No, this is just, he heard a rapper do it. He changed a letter and he started selling sunglasses with J on there. So there's a lot of information about Ryan, so I'll keep going. But in 2012, it, it continues to be this huge year for him, right? He's fresh off the 2012 Olympics and Ryan does something that no other Olympic swimmer has ever done before. He starred in a reality show about his life that debuted on E! in 2013. Okay, I'm like... I'm assuming you've never heard of any of this. Oh, I've definitely never heard of it. I'm just trying to guess which show. Oh. But I can't. (laughs) I'll tell you, Rebecca. I'll tell you. (laughs) It was called, What Would Ryan Lochte Do? No, stop. It's 100% called that. And in a word, I have to say, how? How did this show ever happen? We have so much Olympic greatness and Ryan Je Lochte gets a show called What Would Ryan Lochte Do? Was he a household name in some households during this time? He had to have been. Yeah, but it was mostly because of his antics, right? So it's because of the grills and it's because he, you know, Michael Phelps is so big and he's running these races with him. So you see him a lot. He has notoriety, notoriety. You see him in Hollywood. He's at parties, those kind of things. So he's out and about. Okay. So on this show, Ryan is training in Gainesville. He stayed in Gainesville and it also shows his time in Hollywood. It shows him meeting celebrities like Carmen Electra, who we're supposed to believe he went on a date with. And my personal favorite is when he has a meeting with one of his sponsors, who at the time was Speedo. And they literally... He goes into this meeting with Speedo, right? We're supposed to believe this is some big, important meeting, and they can't wait to hear his ideas. And they literally send the cameras away so Ryan Lochte can show his new ideas to Speedo for an idea. And we're supposed to believe this is a very organic meeting, and nobody fed him any of this. Right. Of course. You hear him yell on this show his signature catchphrase, yeah, With great gusto, with absolutely no reason most of the time, he calls the people in his entourage the Lochtarage. It's just a lot of isms and trying to create like a culture and a brand around his antics. Antics is the right word. He even shows off his limited edition Speedo footwear. So he gets these shoes, and I'll have to show you a picture later. Maybe we'll post on social media. Um, They look Mountain Dew green 
in yellow. That's exactly and... how I pictured them. That is the exact color in my mind when you said Speedo right? shoes. That is what I pictured. Mountain Dew colors, right? So the bottom of one says Ryan and the bottom of the other says Lochte. He's nothing if he's not original. <laughs> and good with branding. I mean, good for you. You put your name on it. At one point, Ryan even has 150 pairs of shoes. And he gets into the world of fashion, which he's a good-looking guy. Oh, I mean, for sure. Can, I, like, basically yelled that to make my point. But, I mean, <laughs> really, he's a no, very no, good-looking guy. I'm looking at him, yeah. Objectively, right? Yeah, yeah. You, just he is. And so he gets into fa- uh, fashion, which isn't really that surprising. On the fourth episode of WWRLD, Catchy. Ryan, yeah, <laughs> Ryan discusses possibly creating a kid's line and says, quote, I always see babies in the clothes that they wear, and it's horrendous. It's going to be something that they see. They're like, quote, dang, my son would look cute in that. He's going to be a straight up pimp, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I am now getting on board. I'm like, yes, this is the man we've been waiting for. I mean, this is – can you imagine saying that about a children's line? I, and like, I love it. Oh, he is really – Amazing. He's something, yes. Yeah. This is so good. Um, it is. Unfortunately for Ryan, though, after six episodes – what would Ryan Lochte do was canceled. We'll never find out what what, what Ryan Lochte was going to do with all these things, which is really shocking considering some of the titles were what would Ryan Lochte do with a TV show? Riveting television. What would Ryan Lochte do for his brother? These were episodes? Really, these are episodes. Okay. Rebecca, they are in the vault. You can still watch them on Amazon Prime, which I paid money to watch <laughs> all of them. But today, Tax we're going to talk about Talk about a bit of a foreshadowing of one of the episodes, which was entitled, truly, What Would Ryan Lochte Do If He Got Plastered? And while this is not the story they told on the show, this is the story we're going to talk about today. In 2016, Ryan's qualified for the Olympics for the fourth time, and all eyes are on the U.S. swim team because it's rumored to be Michael Phelps' final Olympics. Mm. So everyone wants to see what number he's going to end up with, and this huge American champion. At 31, Michael Phelps is basically a geriatric swimmer. It's like whenever they tell women at 35 they're geriatric, you know. For their pregnancy. Yes. It's just we got to come up with a nicer word than that. Come on. Especially as the numbers increase of women having children at that age and older. I know. Yeah, it's not not okay. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. So Ryan's in really good shape, which again, sounds like I'm calling him hot, which I am, but that's like the subtext to everything I'm saying. But he is ready to have a good time. At this point, he has at least six sponsors and he's worth close to three million. I saw some five to 10 million. He's worth millions of dollars. And so the Olympics this year are held in Rio de Janeiro and he's bleached his hair blonde, which thanks to all the chlorine in the pool, he ends up getting more of a green vibe going on. That's what happens. That's hot. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm. That was like my Paris Hilton face. Um, by the end of the races, his hair was pretty green, which also makes you very easy to point out on a CCTV. Oh boy. And that's what we call foreshadowing, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy. Yeah. So there's concerns about the Olympics even before they started. Do you remember anything about the Olympics in 2012, 2016, rather? I don't. And I, okay. and I watch, but I don't remember anything specifically out of the ordinary. Sure. Yeah. So at the time, well, this is why, because COVID, that we don't even think of these things. But at the time, Zika was a big concern. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so as really was the safety of those in attendance um, and for athletes, according to an article that was in CBS Sports, quote, two members of the Australian Paralympic team were robbed. A New Zealand athlete was reportedly kidnapped and robbed by police. Human body parts wash up on shore near one of the beach volleyball sites. Oh, boy. All this in a year when Rio had experienced a huge uptick in police-related deaths and street muggings, end quote. So there were some concerns from people having it in Rio de Janeiro. Was it going to be safe? So that's a whole issue in and of itself. And really, things seem to go pretty well there. But of course, the games are a huge sense of pride for a country. Having the Olympics in your country brings tourism, which means money. And it's a worldwide event. It's an incredible honor. And my gosh, is it so beautiful there. And, you know, they have a lot of pride in their country, which they should. 
And while we can't really generalize, the feeling was that the people of Rio de Janeiro were happy to have the Olympics there. Mostly, there's always going to be protests at everything, really. But the Olympians really worked their whole lives for this chance to compete on the world stage. And in 2016, Ryan Lochte really took that focus away because of his actions. I don't know about you, but my favorite stories from the Olympics are these like small countries where this person has trained their whole life and, you know, it was a huge sacrifice for their family and they made it and they won gold and they're on the, you know, world stage. Absolutely. I love those kind of things. Oh my gosh, yeah. So on August 13th of 2016, Team USA, the swim team, they were all done with their races. So Lochte's raced, Phelps raced, they've done their relay races. I don't know what you call it in swimming, but they're... They're done. So that's when Ryan and a few of his teammates go out to party. And so according to Ryan, though, all the trouble starts there. He later said he should have never been out that night partying. But he was. And after a full night of drinking, he and his teammates, Jimmy Fagan, Gunnar Bentz, which sounds like trouble, (laughs) (laughs) and Jack Conger were headed back to the Olympic Village for the night. I'm fascinated by the Olympic Village. I don't know about you. I was just going to say, there have been stories about the Olympic Village. And like, I mean, you have to consider who comprises an Olympic Village. These are like athletes at their peak. Body, Mm -hmm. physiques are like top shape, but they're like wound up, right? So tight from like all the rigorous training. And then if they're finished with their event, God, they must want to release some of that tension and have a little fun. So yeah, I've heard it can get wild. Very wild. This year, there were all these uh, rumors that they had these cardboard beds because they didn't want them to sleep together um, because of COVID. Did you have you seen? I haven't heard of the cardboard beds, but I have heard there's lots of like cohabitating and just yes, yes, that's the Olympic Village for you. Yeah, so. So it's a place, like, you would think it's just, like, strict blah, 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 blah. But they have, like, their own shopping center in there. It's an amazing thing that they're able to do. And all the countries are coming together. It's really, really cool. Very. Um, Sounds like it. I don't think I'd be invited. I would definitely be sent away. I'd have to close my eyes a lot. There'd be a lot going on there. So Jimmy Fagan, Gunnar Bentz, and Jack Conger are all teammates on Team USA with Ryan Lochte, and they're all taking a taxi that night after going out and drinking. And I'm not really sure if the taxi stopped for gas or if the guys just needed to use the restroom. Either way, they end up at this gas station. So according to Ryan, they go to the bathroom and the or they go to find the bathroom and the door is locked. So they decide to relieve themselves on some plants nearby. Oh boy. Yeah, so there's a sign that's hanging kind of by a thread, like this middle metal sign, and Ryan slaps it, and it falls down. So it makes a loud noise, which alerts one of the men working at the gas station. And so there were a couple men, at least one of them was a security guard, and he hears the sign fall, and he goes to approach the men who are now back in the cab. So the security guard comes up. They don't have any guns out, but they can see that he has a gun on him. And so they're trying to leave and they have cash out to pay, you know, offering to pay for this damage. Keep in mind, they're in Brazil. This security guard is speaking to them in Portuguese. They don't speak Portuguese. It's this whole thing. And and they're incredibly intoxicated. So Ryan gets out. They get out. They start walking. Ryan starts walking towards the guard, rather. And the guard pulls his gun out. Oh, my gosh. And so all the guys sit down. Ryan says he's still drunk. He gets fired up and he stands up and starts walking towards him. And the guy, that's whenever the guy points the gun at him and they sit down. So they end up giving the attendant slash security guard some cash and they're finally able to leave. But Rebecca, this is not the story that the world would hear, at least not at first. So immediately after this altercation at this gas station, Ryan's in the cab on the way back to the Olympic Village, where he calls his girlfriend of six months, who later became his wife, Kayla Ray Reed. So Kayla says that on this call, he is hysterical. She has a hard time even understanding what's going on or what's happened. And again, he's still intoxicated and he's just blabbering and crying and freaking out. Gosh. Yeah. And so Ryan said that his mom was on the bus with Kayla at this point. And this is where things kind of take off. And she must have overheard Kayla talking to him, but really didn't have a clear story. And so 
it's kind of hard to decipher all of this, but my understanding was that they may have all been on the bus with various members of the media, maybe heading to the Olympics that day. I could be wrong on this, but either way, his mom is near someone in the media on this bus who overhears her say out loud, Ryan's been robbed at gunpoint. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Is this story sounding familiar to you? That Are part you- is. So that's what gets circulated. That's what gets circulated. And that is it's- so not what happened. Nope. It's huge news. So this decorated member of you know Team USA has been robbed at the Olympics. The story is out. And keep in mind, that story gets out just a few minutes after this happens, right? So his mom, he calls his girlfriend, his girlfriend or his mom overhears his girlfriend. The media hears it. It's tweeted. It's out there. And of course, everyone's stunned. And there's video that comes out after, shortly after, actually, three hours after this incident at the gas station where Billy Bush is out on the beach in Rio de Janeiro and he sees Ryan Lochte walk by. So he's already read these tweets that says, you know, Ryan Lochte has been robbed, all this stuff. So he goes and grabs Ryan, brings him over to him and records on his cell phone with Ryan. And so Ryan's no dummy. He did play a sex idiot on TV, though, on an episode of 30 Rock. Oh, my gosh. Yes, (laughs) he's the sex idiot. (laughs) I enjoy that degree of connectivity. That is so fun. That That is so fun. Okay. Yeah. I know. I like the line, he's not a dummy, but he played a sex idiot on TV. I was really proud of that one. It's really good. So, <laughs> so he, he knows the media is all over this story. Ryan does. And of course, his mom said what she said, but this is his chance to correct course and say exactly what happened. Uh-oh. And I'm going to send you a clip, Rebecca, so you can see exactly what happened. So Rebecca, what are your thoughts on this interview with Billy Bush? This, this, this makes my blood boil a little, honestly, because not only does he not tell the truth, okay, that's bad enough. He doesn't even kind of give a a blurry version of the truth of them. We were out, we were drinking, we were a little louder than we meant to be. We, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to say he like urinated on their sign, but like we were being obnoxious and they asked us to, and we got into an altercation or, or into a, like a standoff. Like he could have, I mean, right. why would he want to do that? I understand his motives, but it's disgusting to me that he absolutely lied and said he got pulled over and made it sound like this unwarranted targeted arrest. Totally. And then stealing all their, I mean, he really, he created a whole narrative that didn't happen. And, and the privilege that that takes the confidence, yeah. the, it, it makes me so angry. And honestly, like when I first saw his picture behind you, I'm like, yes, he's good looking, but I can tell I don't trust him. Like he's one of those, <laughs> like, that's why I called he him like, have that face. like that dumb, hot jock look that like, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And he looks smug and arrogant. And that's what I hear in that video. Also, the nose ring doesn't work on him. But oh, I didn't even notice the nose ring. <laughs> you wow. didn't ask me about I that. I just saw the lime hair. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. So in Ugh. this clip, he. He says, you know, they're in the taxi, as Rebecca was saying. He's pulled over. Two men with police badges come out to the window. They take his money, his wallet, leave his phone, and took money from the other guys. And he also adds in this detail, which really was about the worst thing he could have done, which was that the guy puts a gun to his head, cocks it back, and, you know, it makes it a totally different situation than actually happened. And so this looks really bad. If you are the American viewing public and you see this video, you think, oh my gosh, what is going on, right? Like, what's happening? This is, you know, so scary. Except it's not really true. And, but at this point, the media's run with it. The Olympic heroes are robbed at gunpoint in Rio. And what does this mean for everyone else? And blah, 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 blah. And, you know, all of this. So investigators in Rio, though, take this very seriously. And they immediately begin searching for what happened that night. And as I mentioned before, the green hair is really easy to spot on CCTV because it was caught on CCTV. Good. Yes. So police interview the gas station owner who says the Olympians came to the gas station, trashed the bathroom, broke a soap dispenser, and broke a mirror. But when they looked at the CCTV from the store, a different story emerged. The video shows Ryan and the men coming away from the bathroom. Ryan hits a sign that's hanging down. And then it shows the man with the gun have them sit down, right? Ryan like defiantly stands back up and then sits down when the gun's pointed in its direction. The men hand over their money, then they leave. So police believe, so what the gas station attendant is saying is they broke into the bathroom, they broke stuff, blah, blah, blah. Ryan's saying they just pulled us down the road and 
robbed us and, yeah. you know, very, very different story. So it's up to the police to put all this together. So police believe the whole story by Ryan is a lie, just, you know, watching this Good. video. And so they head to the Olympic Village on August 17th to get the passports of Ryan and Jimmy Fagan so they can speak to them. But Ryan's not there. He actually flew back to the U.S. on August 15th, just one day after the incident in Brazil. Hmm. Was that already booked and arranged or was that like a last minute trip? He later said that that was always he was always scheduled to leave that day. So I don't know how far they looked into that, but that's what the story was. So either way, the other men in the taxi that night are still in Brazil. Gunnar Benz and Jack Conger weren't as lucky in Brazil as Ryan. They were actually removed from their flight going back to the U.S. with media cameras everywhere. Their passports are taken from them, and they're made to stay and give a statement about the incident. So they're not suspects. They just want to know what happened that night. So according to anonymous sources later, they say that these two guys say Ryan's statement is totally fabricated in regards to somebody robbing them. So. I just saw that it was anonymous sources that actually leaked that, but the guys were like, that isn't what happened. We, we've we never said that's what happened. That's only Ryan that's saying this is what happens. So after this, uh, giving their statements, they are allowed to return to the U.S. And I want to read Gunner's statement he made later that month. It's a little long, but I think it's important to kind of tell the whole story. Okay. So he said, quote, two men who I believe to have been security guards then instructed us to exit the vehicle. So this is after they're at the gas station. No guns are drawn during this exchange, but we did see a gun tucked into one of the guard's waistband. As Jimmy and Jack were walking away from the vehicle, the first security guard held up a badge to me and drew his handgun. I yelled to them to come back towards us, and they complied. Then the second guard drew his weapon, and both guards pointed their guns at us and yelled at us to sit on a nearby sidewalk. Again, I cannot speak to his actions, but Ryan stood up and began to yell at the guards. After Jack and I both tugged at him in an attempt to get him to sit back down, Ryan and the security guards had a heated verbal exchange, but no physical contact was made, end quote. He also said that someone there steps in to help translate, um, might have been a customer, and told them, hey, you need to pay them before you leave. So Gunnar Bentz gives them $20 and uh, Jimmy Fagan gives them 100 reels, which is about $19. Um, and then they get into another taxi and they leave. And Gunner makes sure to mention, like I said, that he and Jack were never suspects, but they were always seen as witnesses. So on September 8th, Ryan is suspended for 10 months by the U.S. Olympic Committee, and Bentz, Conger, and Fagan were all suspended for four months. During this time of your suspension, you can't receive any money from sponsorships. Oh, wow. You can't race. Yeah. So it's your whole livelihood is gone. And will those sponsors even come back? Now you've got this, you know, going on. So Ryan's also required to complete 20 hours of community service, and Bentz receives 10. And worst of all, though, Rebecca, they weren't able to attend that year's Golden Goggle Awards. <laughs> this is a little, I missed a little it a few years ago. coming down for them. Yeah. I bleached my hair, had swam in the chlorine, and all of a sudden I realized I did not get an invitation I to hate the Golden Goggles Awards. More often than I can count. <laughs> or always. Spring is bursting with fresh energy. The air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by US News and World Report and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid, and simply go onto one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me, as you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. But the best part is there's no long-term commitment, and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, 
expectations, Simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Factor is back as a sponsor of Criminality and I couldn't be happier. Here is one of my favorite things about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're perfect year-round in all seasons. I loved having Factor meals in the winter when it was so cold and so miserable to go out, and I was happier to stay inside and heat up my Factor meal and get a warm meal. But now that it's spring and warming up outside, I'm revving up my fitness routine. So I don't want to do takeout as much. I certainly don't want to cook or grocery shop. And I'm more conscious about what I'm eating. Another perfect season and reason to get Factor Meals delivered. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of over 35 options, including popular options like the one I get, which is Calorie Smart. But you can also do keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. Also, it's not just meals. They have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverages, all kinds of things to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com criminality50 and use code criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code criminality50 at factormeals.com criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So back to the serious stuff, though, the Brazilian police actually charged Ryan with falsely reporting a crime. Ultimately, though, in July of 2017, a court in Brazil dismisses these charges, saying that it did not rise to the level of filing a false crime report. Technically, he didn't go and file that police report. He said it on the world stage. He said it to Billy Bush, which was way worse than just going to the police station and saying it. Truly. Right? Like... Nobody would have known what he said at the police station, but everyone knew what he said there. And it was just chaos there thinking that these Olympic athletes had been robbed in, you know, at the Olympics. So that's really what happened in Brazil. There's a little more going on to Ryan's story. And then I think you'll enjoy the rest of this, hopefully. But Rebecca, while Ryan got his start on reality TV, as far as we know, on what would Ryan Lochte do, WWRLD, do you know the next show he appeared on? The same month as what we refer to as Lochte Gate. It can't be Big Brother. Wasn't Big Brother. Okay, but that was your clue. So I know. Where the heck is that coming in? Just wait. Okay, I'm trying. Um, same month. So it's 2016 still? 2016, August. August. He came home and he went on to The Bachelor. I don't know. What it Dancing, Dancing with, with the, the Stars. stars. Yes, of course. He He's with got the, the stars. physique yes. for it. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people were not happy about this. This is way too soon for any sort of redemption line to come from 100%. him. Like, people are ticked. Too soon. Yeah. And so his debut dance, actually, people even rushed the stage in those like anti lochty shirts, stormed the stage. It was like a huge deal. He looked terrified. And uh, he would end up going and getting seventh place on the show, which Better than actually doesn't seem so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It doesn't seem so bad considering how much people did not like this guy at the time. I hope he didn't have the audacity to do like some kind of Brazilian dance. Like is the samba Brazilian? I don't know. But like Ooh. wouldn't that have just been salt in the wound? Too far. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what he did. I did not get that. I just don't have any care for dancing with same i just like when i need the facts about it for a story i find them but i don't i never watched yeah yeah (laughs) i'm not gonna stick around for it but the fallout from lofty gate besides you know being stormed on the stage is that he loses all of his sponsors so this is between five and ten million dollars he's no longer marketable he is seen as a total liar who brings disgrace to himself his countries and the olympics which is literally the world but two months after Lochte Gate, Ryan gets some good news. His girlfriend finds out that she's pregnant with their first child, and he's over the moon about this. He said the timing was really scary because you've lost all of your income, um, and everyone hates you. And that's him saying that, not me making that up. He literally said everyone hated him. And 
I guess during this time, he talks to his mom and says, you know, she's having a baby. And his mom, he said, says some things to him that crushed him. And he actually stopped having a relationship with his mom. He doesn't talk to her at all. Even after Loptygate and she repeated stuff that started this whole spiral, he kept talking to her. And then something with this baby, his mom said some upsetting things and he doesn't have anything to do with her. And we don't know what she said. He won't say it. That's super sad. And I thought he would. I think if you asked him twice, he would. Let like, me he DM would him. It and he would say it. I'll, oh, be, gosh, I'll be interviewing no. him in I'm no not. time. <laughs> I know. Uh, honestly, honest to goodness, I feel like if I would have written him, we could have had him on. No problem. D- hey, we there's even still time, Melissa. Idiot. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to do this. I've called him a lot of things right now. So <laughs> Hot being the primary one. <laughs> that's the nicest one. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Lest, lest we forget. You've been like, singing his hot praises from the moment we recorded. But listen, I can <laughs> separate that from the dumb stuff he's done. As can it's I. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Yeah, yeah. We, we can put, we can separate those. The art and the artist. I <laughs> yes. can separate. Yes. Yes. And his body would be the art. Okay. So... <laughs> So Ryan and his girlfriend eventually get married. Sorry, I'm talking about a married man and father now. And they moved back to Gainesville because he wanted to train for the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. And did he have a little pimp? <laughs> he, he, I, he did have a little pimp. Um, his little son, I think his name is Caden. I don't know how Caden dresses, but I'm sure Ryan has some ideas. So before the Olympic Games come, though, Celebrity Big Brother Season 2 comes out. Of course it does. Big Brother is here. Did you watch any of the Celebrity Big Brothers? Nope. I didn't. Okay. So I don't like regular Big Brother. I did watch the first couple seasons, but Celebrity Big Brother, do you know what it's like to watch Mark McGrath wear a robe and eat warm oatmeal and just talk about like his BMs? It's really fascinating. Sounds like if I were married to him, I might, but no, I definitely don't. (laughs) I loved it. I even paid to watch the feed, like the constant feed that you could watch Melissa yeah I watched it a lot in this season I watched a lot actually oh okay yeah so Ryan quickly aligns himself on the show with uh Jonathan Bennett do you know who Jonathan Bennett is I don't think so do you remember Aaron Samuels from Mean Girls uh Lindsay Lohan's yeah the like the the sidekick No, the crush, oh, the one that, that she had a crush on. That need, Aaron that Samuel said. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's him. That's Jonathan Bennett. So oh, those fun. two became, yeah, they became friends really quickly. Um, and he also seemed to be in cahoots with a very clean-shaven Joey Lawrence. That was an interesting one to watch. Yeah. Just, Everything just, you think you know about Joey Lawrence, you'd see on that you, show. You and you'd be like, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Lots of, it's a lot. It's not Blossom Joey If Lawrence, anybody could much. make the ja work, I feel like it was Joey Lawrence, right? Like yeah. he's like, he let's wouldn't try. Do his, <laughs> he wouldn't, what was his uh, signature um, catchphrase? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yours is better than mine. That was You really warmed good. me up. You warmed me up. Yeah. <laughs> but he wouldn't do it on the show. Like they asked him even whenever he got kicked he off. He probably like, demands a million dollars to do it at this point. Yeah, can you even I mean, imagine the trauma sh- from like having that be your bit for a decade? Yeah, but I feel like he should have been happy with the tuna fish sandwich and that somebody <laughs> put him on TV. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so the other person he was in cahoots with was Dina Lohan on the show. Weird, also like a degree away from Mean Girls through Lindsay. Oh yeah, and that was kind of the thing. Those two were kind yeah, of like friendly. That's already. funny. And that was whenever we found out. Do you remember this bit of information that Dina Lohan had a had a an online boyfriend at the time that she had never met, and people were telling her in the house that but it was a catfish. She was being catfished. catfished. Yes, I do. She was not catfished. Apparently, Nev from Catfish got helped her, and they met, and they were engaged as of 2020. I don't know if they still are. Interesting. But. I'm telling uh, you, the live feeds were where it was at. I loved it. Yeah, she dodged a, a Dirty John story. That's great. Yes. And Candy Burris was on this season. It was really good. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so back to Ryan, yeah, Lochte. He ends up getting too much power too quickly on the show, and he ends up being the second celebrity that's eliminated. Oh. So he wasn't on very long. Okay. In 2020, Ryan also spoke to a USA Today reporter and shared that he had gone to rehab in Florida for issues with alcohol back in 2019, sometime after Big Brother. And he said he really came out of that as a as a totally changed man. Good. But yeah, but Ryan really still wanted redemption in the Olympics and he began training. And I will say there's a documentary and I think it's called In Deep, I'll say for sure at the end, 
um, on Hulu that I ended up watching after I'd done all this. So I kind of put some details in from that. But it's really interesting about him. And I feel like the person we see now, either he's a really good actor and he did play a sex idiot on TV, so he could be. Or there have definitely been changes in maturing and, and what you hope for somebody that they, they've they learned from terrible, terrible things they've done. But I feel like there has been some some changes. People can decide that for themselves. I, I'm... I, I root for people to do better. So I feel like sometimes I'm saying I see it. That makes I me so happy. And I am too inclined to be willing to believe the change. Um, yeah. And also going to rehab, not for nothing. Like if he's really taking that seriously, that will bring about a change and a clarity he hasn't had. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's a different person and on a new path. I mean, look, it's a journey. Like he could still stumble and have all kinds of setbacks, but I like you. I like how you said that. I also would want to believe him and I root for him. Right. And he, he, you know, it could be wrong, but I want to get, I would want somebody to give me that, you know, the benefit of the doubt. So I want to give it to somebody else as well. Yes. So he's still wanting redemption though, as far as the Olympics go, because that's what people remember him for. They remember him for this terrible thing he did in 2016. So he begins training really hard and he's noticeably older than all the athletes that are working towards Olympic gold as a swimmer. Caleb Dressel, who's like the new Michael Phelps, really, he's more than a decade younger than him. And so, right. And so Ryan still isn't without some issues, though. He ends up documenting his time training and getting ready for the Olympics. And he posts a picture to Instagram of him getting, this is terrible, a vitamin D infusion. That's like a nothing, right? I, I love your face. I knew I could sell you on that. He was getting a vitamin D infusion, which turns out if you don't get prior permission from like the Olympic committee, there's only a certain amount you can get without an exemption. And he got more. It's a disqualifier. So so because he posts it, he gets a 14 month suspension, which is more than he got for Rio. So can't get sponsors, you know, can't get paid, can't race, can't do anything. So it's this whole setback. But he said, you know, hey, I didn't know this was a rule. I should have. And I accept the punishment and he still planned to be in the 2020 Olympics. So he really like, I thought he handled that very well to not blame somebody else. He said, yeah. should have known, I didn't, you know, whatever. Which, you know, we've seen all the stuff this year with uh, racers and, you know, all kinds of drama going on in the Olympics and the rules and stuff like that. So we're going to see more and more changes, I think. I think so too. It's really interesting. I think the world has changed and the yeah. conversations four years have time. changed. Yeah. Well, a lot happened in those four years, right? Sure. So I think I think that's really interesting um, and how athletes are going to respond and how the committee will respond in terms of change. I feel so yeah. bad. That sucks. Right? It's a terrible – and it, it, it did make me sad because you got somebody who's like – and you're on a timetable, right? Oh, so like major. he is getting older. He's not hashtag 37 or hashtag 42. Actually, he's close to hashtag 37. Sorry, Ryan. I think he's like a year younger than me or a few months. Little baby. So anyway, yeah, maybe he he's getting there. Um, so at some point, he ends up at the end of his suspension racing in Orlando near me okay. at a YMCA just to get practice. He's racing against young teenagers because when you're suspended, you can't do any of these qualifying races. So what good are you to go to this competition, but you haven't raced anybody. Like, how are you supposed to, you know, do it? You need that adrenaline. You need the, you know, whatever to be able to do these races. So he spends months training. He's taking care of his kids. He has two kids now. He's working with his old coach that he was terrified of, but he said, this is who's going to get me to the Olympics. Unfortunately, though, for Ryan and for the rest of the world, 2020 was the year of COVID-19. And so the Olympics are postponed until this month we're recording, which I did on purpose. I'm actually proud of myself for this, Rebecca. This is amazing. I love the timeliness of this. I love the departure from, you know, I thought when we started with the Olympic story that that was the reality show, to be honest, like in in and of itself, the fact that there's actually like numerous inside this multiple mind blown you nailed it you killed it apparently whenever people do one reality show they do a thousand that that is something we're learning learning, yes yes so anyway ryan still needs to qualify though right so he continues to really work in overdrive he's training 30 to 35 hours a week he's swimming i have 16k i think 16,000 meters i don't know sure five hours a day two workouts a day and seven days a week he's eating this is the part that's good 8,000 to 10,000 calories Perfect. a day. That part of the training, 
ace. Yeah. I got it. I could just eat gotcha. and then sleep. Eat, sleep, repeat. Let me <laughs> Let me do that part, Ryan. You do all the swimming and looking hot in a bathing suit. I'll, I'll grab onto your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's a good training he needs to practice carry all this weight let's dead go. weight <laughs> there you go so he's he did though even gain a new sponsor after he had lost all those sponsors years ago good the new him. sponsor is yeah tier swimwear brand okay and he seems very happy about it excited about it which is great he had previously had a small stint with the company debt.com d-e-v-t.com in 2016 where his line in the ad was it's your second chance. Hey, so, on brand. <laughs> you know, it was very smart.com for sure. Yeah, or fortuitous. I don't know. It depends when in 2016 it was. It was after. Okay. It was after. Okay. It was whenever he wasn't getting stuff. So Ryan and his wife, like I said, had another baby named Liv that joined Big Brother Caden. And his wife really could not praise Ryan more as a father. She said mm-hmm. he's really just a big kid. And in this documentary, you see him. You know, when you see a dad on the playground with a kid and you're like, oh my gosh, that guy is so much fun. Like he's probably not very helpful at bath time, but like he <laughs> yes. is engaged with that kid. Yeah. He's on their level. That's what he seems like yeah, to me. That's great. Yeah. And so as for Ryan, he says that the time in Rio changed his life forever and he's better because of it. Mm. He said really the part that really destroyed him, it wasn't losing money. It wasn't any of that. It was hearing these young kids come up to him and say, you used to be my hero and now I think you're a liar. And he he teared up as he said this. Again, I don't think he's that great of an actor. No. So to me, it felt very um, genuine. Whatever else you want to think about him, I do think, and whatever you think his motivation is for being sorry about it, I do think he genuinely yeah. is apologetic. Yeah. But it's a big thing. He screwed up and oh, people that's brutal. Don't take t- kindly. So officially on June 17th, 2021, just a few weeks ago, Ryan goes to Omaha, Nebraska to try to qualify for the Olympics. And unfortunately, he doesn't make it and isn't representing Team USA in the Olympics this year. And he said he doesn't know if he will uh, he will compete again, but he said that swimming is always a part of his life. He actually hosts clinics for kids, teaching them how to race and stuff. So I feel like his priorities are very in check. Like everything he was talking about in this documentary that was narrated by Patton Oswalt for some reason, he's like the um, new Morgan Freeman in yeah. these things. And he just just seemed to say, all I care about is my family. Like his wife was like uh, COVID and um, not isolation. What's the word I'm looking for? Quarantine. (laughs) He thrived in it. He loved being at home with his family, loved being at home with his kids. Yeah, you don't hear that a lot from any parent at some point. Like you're just tired. Yeah. So if you have the opportunity to watch the documentary, it's called In Deep and it's on Peacock. And – I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot about him and learned a lot about the story. And, you know, I don't know. I love a good redemption story. I feel like he's on his way to redemption, hopefully. And he at least seems like he's on the right path. Yeah, I love that, too. And I will watch that. I think that might be a fun one to watch with my kids. And I know my initial reaction to your story and his lies, I was very enraged and I will feel that when I hear these things, because honestly, he was old enough to know better. Clearly, he had been in this position of privilege for a while where, like, he was able to get away with stuff for a long time. Yeah. Because 31, I'm sorry, like, that sounded like 16-year-old nonsense, what he was doing, 100%. right? hundred percent. Yes. But he is in a unique situation. Olympic hopefuls are are in this, like, kind of parallel universe that none of us know anything about. So there could even be, I am not a doctor, everybody, or a psychologist, but like some stunted adolescence, like if you're, oh yeah, he's been working essentially for like two decades to get to where he was. So, or a decade or two, I don't know, some, some long time. He so, doesn't either. Yeah. So, you know, I guess I just mean a delayed maturity might make sense. I just want, I'm just happy when people have it. Like I think Chris Souls too, it was a similar story. You know, he was so, I think, genuinely remorseful. And someone died in his situation. It's a bit different. There was a pattern there. But still, I hope that someone, you know, whenever it occurs to you, it's like never too late to me, you know, to have a reckoning that like, hey, I wasn't that great of a guy and I'm going to do things differently now and then prove it. So good for him. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I think it would be really cool to see him compete again. Even if he doesn't win, I think for his own, his own life story, that will be really important for him. So it would be cool to see it happen. Totally. And with him being out of Michael Phelps' shadow, that was like a big deal. But he seemed to really like didn't have a nasty thing to say about Michael Phelps. And it 
it would be easy to be very jealous of that other person. And he did say, you know, it was hard sometimes, but it always felt like we're a team, we're a team, we're a team. And even whenever he talked about Gunner and Jimmy and all of them, he's like, the worst thing about that is I wasn't there. I'm the one that caused this and I'm not there and they're taking the heat and we're a team. And so I just felt like he, I don't know, think what you will about me even having these opinions, but I did ultimately think at the end of it, like, he could have changed. He yeah. he could have, and he made it a very horrible, horrible, horrible mistake you can never take back. And so now you just have to live with it. And I feel like he's going down the right path. Will he get there? I don't know. But he's, it seems like he's doing the right things. Oh, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. And also shame on the journalists for running with the story. Like how about, I mean, I guess you can put the story out and say, athlete, you know, Olympic athlete, Ryan Lochte said, like his personal account is this but like I don't know aren't they supposed to corroborate that with a police report or something I know I don't know if it's because of the world of Twitter and stuff it's just you hear this it's his mom Ryan Lochte's mom says he was held it right exactly it just seems that's also not his fault that that right that communication breakdown that he had with his girlfriend and the mom led to that I mean ultimately it does fall with him Right. But, but then who, what did he even say? He could have said, I got help. He could have said exactly what he said to Billy Bush true. to his girlfriend to make him look better. That's but true. But even the Billy Bush part was kind of interesting to me because the interview's only, it's less than two minutes. Somebody from the Olympic Council literally interrupts it and it's like, absolutely not. You're not talking to him. But <laughs> Billy Bush said, you know, at the time he talks to him, it's less than three hours since this whole thing has happened. So he's still, he's like, I still smelled the alcohol when he walked oh, by man. me. Oh, man. Like he should not have been interviewed. You know, it was not taking anything away. He has to take responsibility for what he said when he was intoxicated. But there was a lot. It was just a lot going on. There was a lot going like on. Like a perfect He's storm responsible. that led yeah. to the the global kind of aspect of it. Right. It's much different if you or I say something to somebody off the wall that isn't true, but to say it on a national stage of, or a world stage. Yeah. It just – you can't. We we don't know. Understand that. I don't understand that kind of well, pressure. But when I don't we make a mistake on the podcast, the world hears and the world responds. Melissa, <laughs> millions and millions of tweets came in after we screwed up last time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, maybe someday. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry. Well, wow. that was the story. It's a lot. I really enjoyed that and oh, good. love the timeliness of it. I haven't caught the Olympic spirit yet. I just I don't yeah. know why we don't have um, TV in the traditional sense in my house. I think a lot of people so are like that. Same thing. I don't like know where and how to watch it, but I kind of miss it because I do remember you know learning people's stories and you do you can get so hooked in, but I'm not yet. Right. But it's not too yeah, late. I'm with you. Yeah, agree. We still have a couple more weeks. Yeah. Oh, that was good. That was really fun. Oh, good. Rebecca, I have to ask you: Is there anything you've been watching this week? It's funny. When you said you know you're busy, when you have to kind of think like, what have I been watching? I ha- right. I'm staying up to speed on Housewives as best I can, and that doesn't count because I can't like say Housewives every week. Um, so I do have something, yes, but um, yeah, okay. So I've got a couple clues for you, and I okay. think it's a little bit on the easy side because it was really hard to come up with clues. So okay, this is a Netflix show, and my clues are Ireland and France. And I'll throw in murder to make it a sweep. Oh, my gosh. No? Why don't I know? No. Oh, okay. I bet listeners are knowing. Um, so there's a show on Netflix. It's a documentary, three parts, called Sophie, Murder, and West Cork. I've seen the thing for it. I just haven't watched it. Okay. okay. So West Cork is this beautiful coastal Irish town. But you know what? Let me tell you what Netflix says the show is so people Please can do. understand. And look for it. So Sophie, murder in West Cork. It's a shocking murder in rural Ireland sets off an increasingly convoluted quest for justice that spans decades and cuts across national borders. So essentially the woman, Sophie, who is murdered is French. She's just on holiday in Ireland when her murder happens. It's in the late 90s. And the documentary is who did it. There's this one prime suspect. They name him pretty early. Honestly, it's a beautiful setting. It's an interesting way that it's filmed. My husband doesn't like true crime, but he likes documentaries yeah. and he likes Ireland. <laughs> and oh, so he, he said go. he would watch it and he ended up loving it. And I was like on Instagram and watching it, which is like 
not great. See, I watched part of the first episode while doing laundry and because I remember them kind of talking to the suspect and he says something like, I was the last one to see her. And I'm like, I need to be paying attention because I didn't even see what you looked like. Yeah. And so the whole like international part is that's kind of really interesting because France and Ireland end up kind of fighting over the outcome of this and the justice. Okay. And I won't spoil it for anybody who wants to watch. It's beautiful. It will maybe make you want to go to the Ireland coast. Like I've never been there. It looks stunning. Super yeah. sad story. Uh, you're left. We think we know who did it. It's the guy they name, but you don't know for sure. The countries disagree. Right. Um, eh, I don't know. Two or three stars. Like it's well done, but I just, it right. couldn't, it didn't grip me. Right. And yeah, I'm just being honest. That's what I'm watching. So that's what I just finished. So. Oh, nice. That's my story. Okay. How about you? Hit me with something good. This is good. Okay. Here are my, um, my clues. HBO Max. Love. Of course. Love it. Molly Shannon. Ooh, shoot. And YouTube hit. I'll give you one extra clue. This came out, I think, a little over a year ago and a new season starts next month. I, 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 I haven't seen her in anything recently, so I don't know. She was actually on divorce whenever I oh, bailed on that, but she was on divorce. Okay. But this is called The Other Two. Never and heard of that. It, Rebecca, you will love it. Trust me on this one. I so do trust I, you on this one. I will read the Wikipedia <laughs> okay. on this. <laughs> We've decided, Rebecca and I made the decision separately, but now together, that we will just read descriptions and then go on from there. Pre, pre-written so, blurbs. Right, exactly. So an aspiring actor named Carrie, played by Drew Tarver, and his sister Brooke, played by Helene York, who is a former professional dancer, try to find their place in the world while wrestling with their feelings about their 13-year-old brother Chase's sudden rise to internet fame. Chase's song is called, I Want to Marry You at Recess. <laughs> It's so great. Molly Shannon plays this like stage mom who's building her brand Kardashian style. Um, but it's this teenager who does this YouTube song gets famous and his brother and sister who are older than him, quite a bit older than him, are in the entertainment business. And one's an actor, one's a former dancer, and his, their brother's just blown up. Oh, and just, I'm in. It's by a writer from Saturday Night Live. It's so funny. There's two Housewives references in the first episode. Say no more. I know. I knew I could get you there. And it's just Molly Shannon like writing books because now she has stardom, but she doesn't even read the books that she's written. You know, just this, it's this exaggerated version of life that we see. Very Justin Bieber-ish as far as the kid it, the girls loving him. It's so, so, so funny and so ridiculous. It lost a little steam for me at the end of the season, first season, but it's coming back next year, or I'm sorry, next month. So I'm so excited Oh, perfect about it. timing. This sounds really, really good. HBO Max is killing it with putting out shows that like totally. I don't hear about or see about, and then they're always just super high quality and so good. I forgot to tell you, I don't know if I told you this last time, but I'm re-watching all of Homeland with my daughter before she goes away to college. Ooh, I love so that. So that's actually what's been monopolizing my time, but I felt like I might have mentioned that already, so I felt like it was... Anyway, so I'm really watching Homeland almost every night. My daughter's like, how many can you watch in a night? Can we stay up till two? And I'm just like, whoa, settle yeah. down. <laughs> but she is leaving August 19th, and we're only on season three, so I don't know how this oh, is Oh, you going. gotta fly. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but that's Aww. really what we're spending a lot of time doing. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's been super fun. But that sounds good. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, it just, if I can't sell you on that, I don't deserve to sell you on anything. But I do think if you like, it's like produced by Lauren Michaels. It's, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's just. It's like, sounds like all the ingredients. Yeah, I'm, totally. I'm very excited. Uh, well, yeah. are you excited that we're going to do this again in two weeks and it's going to be an all new episode and story? And you're going to lead it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, thought, I thought you might enjoy that part. Yeah. Um, so how about a couple clues? I've got three clues for you, and I feel like people are going to get this one. Okay. Confidence. I like it. Since we went to Brazil for yours, I'm going to take you somewhere, too, outside of the United States. Okay. We're going to go to the UK. All right. Clue number two is wife swap. I'm excited already. Clue number three is fraud, because of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, 
I don't know, but I'm so excited. All right, good. Me too. I'm like really ready for this. It's a departure. Well, that's what I said about the cult one, and that's true. This was too, because Olympics. So yeah, we're just we're just going places. I love it. We're going places we don't think any other show is going, but they might. We just don't know. That's really possible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, can't wait and really enjoyed tonight. This was fun. Yay, I'm so glad. Thank you guys so much for listening. Check out Rebecca on her other show, Dialogue, which I think is in hiatus, a little break right now. Yeah, we're doing a little summer break. I'm actually putting out some bonus content from Patreon over there. So it is new to the feed. So yeah, check it out. And always um, on Tuesdays, there's a new Moms and Murder episode that Melissa co-hosts. keeping us very busy and you can follow our show at criminality show on twitter on instagram facebook she says hesitantly yeah (laughs) i will do my best but i really don't (laughs) see everything there and it's not because i'm not looking or trying facebook hides things and traps them and it's annoying so instagram and twitter are the best ways to reach me and melissa um but yeah follow along and say hello All right. See you guys in two weeks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.